Good morning. Hope everyone has had a wonderful week and is done Christmas shopping and is ready to go. Uh, would you please turn with me to John chapter 10? John chapter 10, we're going to get there in just a moment. But before we do, first of all, awesome job, kids. Great job. I want to fill you in on a couple of things that happened last week. It was a fantastic week as far as ministry goes. We had our Sunday lunch with the staff. Uh, people coming from many different walks of life. We do this every uh, once a month. So if you're newer to Spring Lake, maybe you haven't had a chance to, to get together yet with staff. Or maybe you'd like the chance to ask some questions, get to know some folks. That comes up once a month. Keep your eye on the, on the bulletin for that. But we had our lunch with the staff on Monday, uh, Sunday, last Monday. We had 15 new members come through membership class, and then right on the heels of that, same day, we, were, we have a meeting. We've got a group that's looking at how we go into one of the most unreached people groups in the world and start by being able to minister to the children and put a, bring a church into that community. Right now, there's nothing. So that, that's exciting. We're looking forward into that. Tuesday night, we had a worship night right here. That included baptisms of people, once again, from all walks of life. Everyone from the, uh, from the man who's been clean and sober for two years, first time in his life, to the young girl at 16 years old from De Pere High School who said, because of Jesus and accepting Christ, at one of the worship nights a little while ago, she said, I've learned to turn my worries into my prayers. How many of us could learn that lesson a little better? We followed that with Wednesday night. We had a, an Awana Christmas party where the kids went Christmas caroling. At, a, at one of the nursing homes. We, Thursday night after that, we had 200 crazy women fill Bellevue and had our night of December dessert. So that was a, an outstanding event as well. Then Saturday morning, we had a Christmas party through a group called Angel Tree. And what that is, is if a parent or both parents are incarcerated, they're in prison, we provided a Christmas party and Christmas for their kids. So I want you to know it was an outstanding, exciting week and it does not happen without amazing people who will volunteer and have a heart to serve and love others. So for those of you who may have been a part of those events, thank you so much for what you're doing. And really, this is where the church becomes the practical, loving hands and feet of Jesus. And you may hear these things and you're going, I didn't know about half of these. Sign up for the newsletter, either online or on your connection card. Because we don't want our Sunday morning services to feel like an announcement service. So we may hit some highlights. And as Bill was even saying, you're, you'll hear the highlights as you're watching the kids behind them. Check out the newsletter. That's where we'll give more of the details on some of those type of things. Now, in jumping into today's message, we're continuing on this series entitled I Am, where we look at the seven statements where Jesus used the term I am and putting himself not only in a realm of being a God or possibly God, but he says, I am God. This I am statement comes across boldly. The first two weeks of this series, both myself and Bill kind of highlighted what this means. If you've missed any of the, the messages in this series, uh, I'd encourage you to go on the, on the website or on our YouTube page and you can catch up that way. But to get ready for today's, I want to start by just asking the question, have you ever gone on a trip where you needed to use directions. In the old days, when I was growing up, you may have used these things called maps. How many of you remember maps? All right. And you may have, if you traveled a lot, you may have had this book that was about this thick that had not only every state, but then once you got to the state, 
the closer you got to the city you were going to, you had to go to the page that had all the cities for that state, and then you had to find the highway you were on and how you were going to get to where you were going to go. The challenge was, if you were going somewhere that didn't have its own map page, and you got to a point where in this little town all the roads didn't connect, you had no idea of knowing. You had to stop at every gas station or McDonald's you could find to ask directions how to get to Aunt Gertrude's house. Then, if you didn't travel much, maybe you didn't have that book, you had one of those wall-to-wall maps of America. And Dad held one side of the map against the window on one side of the car, and Mom held it on the other. And you're like, so we're in Wyoming, and we're going to Green Bay. And you didn't see the road for most of your trip, because you're trying to trek it out on this map. Today, we have our maps that travel with us. We have GPS. And I just went online, and I looked. I wonder how trustworthy... A GPS is. Found some hilarious stories of people who trusted GPSs far too much. People who ended up driving into houses because the GPS told them there was a road there. Or someone who drove into Central Park and got wedged on the stairs because GPS told them that that was a road. And they didn't figure it out when they started going downstairs. I'm not going to ask questions. Um, Another guy got lodged in a cherry tree because he went off the road and landed in a tree and they had to cut his car out of that. But the two that were my favorite, uh, I want to share with you. I'm just going to read them. Uh, The first one, there were three tourists visiting Australia using their GPS. The plan was to drive to North Stradbroke Island, just off the coast of the eastern city of Brisbane. But what the machine didn't account for was the nine miles of water dividing the island from the mainland. The road turned into gravel, then to thick mud, then to gentle laps of water against the tires. The three were forced to abandon the vehicle and return on foot. Passengers aboard a passing ferry, the recommended way to get to the island, reported watching the whole embarrassing event unfold. The three women were able to get a ride back to town. The car had to be taken to the dump. So here's the next one. Sabine Moreau uh, wanted to, all she wanted to do was pick up a friend from the train station in her town which was north of her home in Brussels, Belgium. But when the GPS directions took her south instead of north, the 67-year-old woman didn't question it. She stuck by her GPS. When she saw the signs for the German towns of Frankfurt and Cologne, she didn't think twice. And when the lengthy trip forced her to refuel twice and pull over to catch a few hours of sleep, Moreau didn't question the machine even then. Only when she entered the Croatian capital of Zagreb did she finally realize something was up. I looked this up. That is 700 miles away from her hometown. Her friend at the train station and her son caught on, and they called the police. When Moreau finally returned home, all she said by way of explanation was, I admit it was a little weird, but I was distracted. I get distracted. 700 miles distracted? A little extreme. What does it mean when you need to be on the way and you need directions where to go? Jesus gives us clear indication of a path that he not only sets us on, he not only provides, but he is. John chapter 14. I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong chapter before. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. By the way, this means spacious. It's a big place. 
If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Keep your finger right there. As John opens this chapter, he's spelling some things out for us. First of all, he's showing us Jesus is trying to put his disciples at ease. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't get wound up about this. I'm about to leave, but don't get discouraged. Don't get anxious. The second thing that John shows us is he shows us what Jesus' goal was from the beginning. He says, I'm here, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm not going for me. I'm going for you. And the word used here in the Greek is padromai. And the padromai, the, the term actually comes from a, a Roman army term. The padromai would be the forces that would go in before the army would even show up and set up the camp, get the grounds ready, make sure the supplies were there. The padromai were the front runners to the rest of the army. Jesus says, I'm going before you. I'm the padromai. I'm the one going before you arrive to make sure that everything is ready and that everything is prepared. The third thing that John relays is the ultimate triumph in Jesus because Jesus says, not only am I going, but I'm coming back. This is a foundational truth, a foundational promise of Jesus throughout the scripture. And then finally, Jesus says to them, you'll be where I am because you know the place where I'm going. And here's the point where some flags and bells and whistles start going off for the disciples because they kind of look at each other and I picture them going, did he tell you where he was going? I don't know where he's going. Do you know how to get there? What if he wanders off and goes and prays again like he did last time? We're going to lose. How are we going to know where he's going? Finally, Thomas speaks up, verse 5. It says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. If you'll notice, Jesus doesn't say, I am the way to happiness. Happiness is a moving target. He doesn't say, I'm the way to self-gratification, self-actualization. He doesn't say, I'm the genie in the bottle. Tell me what you want, I'll give it to you. That's reserved for Disney. He doesn't say, I am a way. I am one of the trays on a buffet line that you can pick from or not, that you can like or not. If I'm your taste, come on. If I'm not, you can find another way because I am a way. No, what does Jesus say? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus took the three great basic conceptions of the Jewish religion and made the unfathomable claim that in him all three find their realization. I want you to think about our culture today. Because these are the same three things that people are either searching for or trying to rationalize even as we speak. I mean, isn't there really more than one way to enlightenment? Isn't there a way to spiritual awakening that I may not like what you believe, but I can find my own? And that leads to, you know, isn't truth kind of your truth and my truth? Your truth is good for you, but it's kind of uncomfortable for me. It doesn't really fit. It's kind of like a pair of shoes. I'll find a truth that fits me better. 
can't your truth be your truth and you like what you do? My truth be my truth. It's not like math, is it, where you have right and wrong answers? And then how many people are looking for life? I mean, if you watch TV commercials, if you took off every commercial that promised the new and better and greater life, and now you get life more exciting and full, and now you want to jump off a cliff with a parachute on your back. Everyone's trying to find something that makes them feel alive. How do you find these three things? What is the source for the way, the truth, and the life? Jesus said, I am. Now we're going to look at all three of those, those words. The first word is the way. When he, he says he's the way. The word in Greek, which this was written in New Testament Greek. It was the, the language of the day. The word is uh, hados. And the word means, its proper meaning is the road, the journey, the highway, the route. It is not only the road that you get on. It is also the mode of transportation. It's not just the trek to get there. It is the car you will get in to get you to your destination. Jesus says, I am the way, and I am the source to get you on the way. He's the only source for both of those. Right before Thanksgiving, uh, all the kids came home at Thanksgiving, and my daughter, one of my daughters was flying into Milwaukee. And I am amazing at finding like back roads and shortcuts to places. Don't ask my wife. Um, but I decided I don't want to get on the highway. I'm going to find a back way to get to Milwaukee from where I live. So I got on this high road and I was driving and I thought my little readout said I'm heading south. So I figured as long as I'm, at, I'm heading south and heading east, I'll hit Milwaukee sometime. So I head south and the road turns into a dead end. It's a T. So I'll take a left. That's east. So I go east. I hit another dead end. So I'll go right, which heads south again, and I hit another dead end. I took another left, and I looked around, and all I saw was corn stumps and electrical poles. And I quickly surmised, I'm not in Milwaukee. Quick that way. So I'm driving along. I have no idea at this point where I am. And I come across, of all things, a Taco Bell out in the middle of nowhere. Now, I got in the parking lot, I pulled out my phone, I pulled up the GPS, saw how to get to the airport. Now, but let's say, though, I don't have a GPS. I go into Taco Bell, I go to the person behind the counter, and I say, hey, I don't know where I am, I'm trying to get to the airport in Milwaukee. No problem. Go down the road, not the second or the third one, but I think it's the fourth one, it'll be gravel. Take a left there, and then go down to where you see the cows, because there's nowhere else in Wisconsin that has cows. Go down to the cows, Hang a right, you're going to see a red barn. Go a little bit past the barn, and it's one of those roads, take a left, and then that'll take you right in. I'd have been lost before I got out of Taco Bell parking lot. But if this person working at Taco Bell all of a sudden says, listen, I'm heading out of town. I'm going that direction. I will take you there. May seem a little creepy at first. But the fact that I could either get in the car, or they could get in with me, and they would take me directly to the place I needed to be. I have no way how to get there without that person. That's what Jesus is saying. I am the way. I am the truth. I provide you the directions and the location to where you are going. He does not just tell us about the way. He says very clearly, he is the way. The second word that we see here is the word truth. Truth in the Greek is the word aletheia. And in a broad sense, it means whatever's true 
for the topic being discussed, whatever's true for whatever is being considered. But what Jesus says is, the way it's used in this term, is what's true in things pertaining to God and the duties of man of moral and religious truth. The truth as purposes through, uh, of our purposes through Christ and respecting the duties of man, opposing alike the superstitions of the Gentiles, the inventions of the Jews, and the corrupt opinions and precepts of false teachers within the faith of Christianity. Jesus says, I'm not here to give you a new institution. I'm not here to give you something superstitious. I'm not here to try and sidestep what the truth is. He says, my goal, and I am here because I want to show you, and I am the truth. The psalmist said in Psalm 86, verse 11, he says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Psalm 119, and verse 30, says, I have chosen the way of truth. This choosing is a choice to follow Christ. Now, many people have told us the truth. Many people have uh, tried to show us the way or, or brought truth around, but no one has ever embodied it. A f- one person said, a person's character does not really affect his teaching of geometry or astronomy or Latin verbs. But if someone proposes to teach moral truth, their character makes all the difference in the world. An adulterer who teaches the necessity of purity. A greedy person who teaches the value of generosity. A domineering person who teaches the beauty of humility. An angry person who teaches the beauty of serenity. An embittered person who teaches the beauty of love is bound to be effective, ineffective. Moral truth cannot be conveyed solely in words. It must be conveyed in examples. And that's precisely why human teachers will always fail to teach pure biblical moral truth. Many a man or woman would say, I've taught you the truth, but only Jesus can say, I am the truth. The tremendous thing about Jesus is not simply that the statement of moral perfection finds its peak in him. It's the fact of moral perfection finding its realization in him. Our goal should never be to point to ourselves because we will always come up short. Our goal should always be to point to him. We are not the answer, but we know who is. Thirdly, Jesus says, I am the light. The Greek word here is zoe. And the base meaning of it is anything that's possessed with vitality or animation. Anything that's alive. But what Jesus is talking about is life that's real and genuine. A life active and vigorous, devoted to God. Blessed and in the portion, even in this world, of those who put their trust in Christ. And after the resurrection will be consummated with light forever. Jesus says, I am that light. Proverbs 6, 23 says, The commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Proverbs 10, 17, He who heeds instructions is on the path to life. Psalm 16, 11, You show me, God, the path to life. Many people go from looking for life to looking for knowledge. 
We think if we fill our head right, if we get all the book knowledge right, it'll automatically put us on the path to life. But that's not true. People are looking for life in any way they can find it. How many times have you watched a movie or read a book where it seems like someone's life doesn't really begin until <gasps> they find the magic person? The person where everything aligns and the, and the hair goes up on your arm and the magic perfect words come out of their mouth and the music starts in the background and then the magic perfect words come out of your, li- out of your mouth and then you think, now life can begin because I found them. When Harry met Sally. When you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. The vow, I promise to never forget that this is a once in a lifetime love. Sleepless in Seattle. It was a million tiny little things that when you added them all up, they meant we were supposed to be together. And I knew it. I knew it from the very first time I touched her. It was like coming home only to a home I had never known. I was just taking her hand to help her out of the car, and I knew. I knew it was like magic. Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello. We are looking for love, and we are looking for a love that will spark something in us, that will bring us to life, but we can't find it in humans. We can't find perfect love in each other. Why? Because we are not perfect people. If you are thinking about getting married and you're like, this is what will make my life complete, sign up for counseling now. God will bless you with a relationship, not only that you want, but that you will need. Think about that. But it is not a perfect person, and neither are you. Love has brought life. And that is what Jesus does. What does the Bible say? For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever whoever believes in him will not die, will not perish, but will live, will have life forever. Jesus says, I am life. I am the life. It doesn't promise an easy walk on this planet. Never does. Jesus never says that. But he does say, I'm with you, and I will be your breath. I will be your life. There's one way of putting all of this. No one, Jesus says, as he brings all of these statements to a pitch, no one comes to the Father except through me. He alone is the only way to God. If you've got your notes out, or if you've got your Bible out, you can underline that part. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Christ alone, we see what God is like. And he alone can lead men into God's presence without fear and without shame. And some of you may be a guest here this morning, and you're hearing this and you're thinking, that sounds kind of exclusive. It is. Jesus made no bones about the fact that he did. There is no other way. History past, present, or time future. There is no other way, he says to the Father, except through me. Are you looking for the way? Jesus says, I am that way. Are you looking for truth? Are you truly looking for truth? Jesus says, I am truth. Are you looking for life? Jesus says, I am life. Look at how 
Jesus refers to himself when he says, I am, it doesn't leave any wiggle room. It is a blunt and bold statement. It's statements like these that led C.S. Lewis to say that Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. He may have been a liar. He may have been a con man. He may have been trying to pull people into his crowd. He may have been, maybe it was for money. Maybe it was for notoriety or fame. But it definitely was enough for them to put him to death. And I don't know about you, but most liars, when they're about to pay the penalty for their lie, they fess up with the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he never back down from that statement maybe he was a lunatic maybe he was out of his mind the david caress jim jones type of person who says you know follow me because i've got this this secret antenna wavelength to god then how do you explain the miracles seen by droves of people how do you explain the prophecies hundreds and even thousands of years before christ that pointed to not only who he was, where he was to be born, who he was to be born to, that little itty-bitty town in which he was born, everything he said and even the way he died. Maybe you hold on that he was just out there somewhere. You can't just say, oh, he was a good man, he was a good teacher, because it doesn't add up, because he taught that he himself was the way, very exclusive. Or you believe in what he said about himself and that he's the Lord. He's God, come to earth in flesh and blood, live a sinless, perfect life, to die on a cross, a criminal's death, dying for each one of us who are actually the criminal, the ones who are rebellious against God, the ones who are treasonous against God, that pushed him away and his laws and his ways, that deserves death. And Jesus says, I'll do it for you. I will die in your place. I am the way. I am the truth. And even after crucifixion, burial, and raising again, I am life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Would you bow your heads with me, please? You may be here this morning and this is a little blunt for you. This is pretty straight, straight shooting. Maybe you've never had that point of having it put in front of you where you say, are you in or are you out? Are you following or are you not? Well, I believe he was a good man. I believe he was a way. That's not what he said. Jesus was exclusive in his claims. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never cross that line, taking that step of saying, God, I'm all in. Jesus, I'm all in on who you said you are. I'm all in on realizing I need you. I can't pay the price. I can't live a perfect life, but Jesus, you did. And you died in my place. If you're here and you've never begun that relationship with Christ, you've never taken that step of recognizing who he is, and living in a way that puts him as lead, as Lord, as boss, CEO of your life. And you say, today's the day for it. Would you just slip your hand up? We'd love to pray with you this morning. We're not going to call you up or call you out. This is between you and him. 
sense. Maybe you're here this morning and you're about to go for the holidays to some family and friends who think you are out of your mind for believing this. And you have been praying for the door to have these conversations, for the words to say. The Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that prompts us and will give us the words to say in those moments. This morning, if you're in a place that you're going to be with family, friends, neighbors, loved ones, maybe someone at work, that isn't, it just isn't buying this yet. They may have grown up in a religious environment, and that's good for stories, but you're looking for the way to bring this truth into their life. I'd like to pray for you this morning, for each of us that are in that spot, to be aware of the moments and the doors that God is opening for us to share the truth of who he is and his love for us. If that's where you are, would you just raise your hand? I'd love to pray for you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Hands around the room. Lord, I thank you that you were clear, that you didn't leave it to guesswork as to who you are and how important you are in the history and future of this world and of our lives. This morning, Lord, as we end this part of the message, Lord, we take this truth and we look forward to sharing. God, by faith, I thank you for the chance that we'll have to talk to our neighbors, our friends, and our family. I thank you for the opportunity we'll have, maybe someone in a, in a, in a book study we're in or a, um, a kid's sports event or whatever it is, someone at the high school or middle school we go to. Lord, I pray that you'll give us the opportunity to let our light shine, that all people will see who you are and one day do the same as your disciples did, as you've called us to as followers of you. And that is recognize who you are and turn our lives over. It's not a losing of life, Lord God. It's a gaining of it in the right place. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. In Christ's name we pray.